You are listening to the Torah Sparks Podcast, the podcast that finds and ignites sparks of spiritual light and meaning in anything and everything, bringing out lessons and values straight from the Holy Torah. I am your host, Ori Strum. Let's jump right in. What can I say? We're back. It's another week, another podcast, another Parsha, Parsha's Chayi um, you know, as a general rule of thumb, uh, MS is something, well, let me backtrack for a second. I said, as a general rule of thumb, first of all, have you ever thought about that phrase? What in the world? A general rule of thumb? I mean, have you ever looked at your thumb? Is there rules? Like, what, what is the connection? What does that even mean? She did a, a small amount of research on this. Um, as what it mean? What does it mean as to the origin of of this saying, a rule of thumb? Uh, and it really seems to originate in the 17th century. It derives from the practice of making rough measurements with the thumb. The earliest known use of this practice in print appears in a book called Heaven Upon Earth in a 1658 sermon by the English Puritan James Durham. And he says, Many professed Christians are like to foolish builders who build by guess and by rule of thumb and not by square and rule. So it's very interesting. Rule of thumb is more proximate, more guesstimation as opposed to square and rule, which is more bona fide and exact. There is another theory which it seems that it's it's a competing theory, but it seems like it might not actually be accurate. But apparently um, there was a man in the England in the 17th century who allowed the concept, not the concept, he allowed physically men to, to hit their wives with a stick as long as the stick was not thicker than his thumb. And it became known as the rule of thumb. Although it seems that historians say that was not the actual uh, source or origin. In either case... With the general rule of thumb um, that I was trying to say is that MS, truth, is something that lasts, and sheker, falsehood, is something that lacks. It doesn't. It falls away. But again, it's not really a general rule of thumb. A general rule of thumb means like, yeah, maybe it's a guesstimate, approximate. This is, this is the rule. MS lasts, lasts, L-A-S-T-S, and Sheker lacks, L-A-C-K-S. Uh, and this week's Parsha, we, we find these, th- this, call it a back and forth, we find this, um, this dichotomy between MS and Sheker. In Parsha's Chayesara, you know, one of the big highlights, especially in the beginning of the Parsha, I believe it's the first 20 psukim or so, it's this back and forth between Avram Avinu and Ephron regarding the it, regarding the Mar Samachpela, the burial spot for Avraham's wife for Sarah Imenu. And on a deep level, what emerges from the story between these two individuals is the value of truth and the depriving nature of Sheker, falsehood. Avram Avinu was a man of truth. He was a person who didn't just talk the talk, but rather he walked the walk. Avram Avinu, by the way, it's no, it's very relevant to this week. You know, they just sent up this morning. I'm recording this Wednesday evening, and Wednesday morning is when they sent up, uh, you know, one of these 
new spaceships that's hopefully going to reach the moon. There's no person on it. But again, back, you know, whatever it was, 50 years ago, you know, people could talk the talk. Oh, yeah, we'll go to the moon. We'll go to the moon. But it wasn't until America finally sent. And Neil Armstrong, he actually walked the walk, literally, unless you're part of those, um, you know, those group of people who think that, hey, you know, there's no wind on the moon. How could the flag that he put in the moon be moving? Maybe the whole thing is a theory. I don't know. I have a hard time believing that it's not true. If you could prove it to me otherwise, I'd be happy to hear. Send me an email. Um, but either way, regarding Avram Avinu, he didn't just talk the talk. He walked the walk. He practiced what he preached. He was a man of truth, a man of MS. Avram Avinu told Ephron that he would be willing to pay Bekesef Mole the full value of the burial plot. But Avram Avinu wasn't just trying to flaunt his wealth. and you know He didn't just... He, he actually meant it. He put his money... Literally where his mouth was. And this is in stark contrast to Ephron. He was a man of falsehood. He was a person who merely talked the talk but did not walk the walk. The Torah in 23.16 spells Ephron's name without the letter Vav. So it's spelled Ayin, Pei, Resh, Nun. And Rashi explains why this is so. The name Ephron is lacking a Vav because he said a lot but did not even do a little. You know, if you're Medayik in the Rashi, it's interesting. You know, Shammai um, in Pirkei Avos 115, he says, Emor ma'at harbe, to say a little bit and do a lot. Um, you know, which, and the flip side of that is someone who says a lot and does, I would think is, does a little, right? The opposite of Emor ma'at harbe would be Emor harbe, to say a lot, ma'at, but to do a little bit. But Ephron was even lower than that. He did not just even do not a, he didn't just do a little bit. He did not even do a little bit, if you could understand the difference. So just interesting to think about. Um, Rashi says, Ephron originally told Avram Avinu to take the burial plot as a gift for free, but then he charged an exorbitant price for the burial plot. He said a lot but did not even do a little. This idea of emar ma'at v'arsi harbe, like we pointed out, is really based on a Mishnah in Pirkei Avos, um, where we say, Shamay omer asei Torah keva, make your study of Torah a fixed practice, emar ma'at v'arsi harbe, say little and do a lot, v'have mikabel es kol ha'adam b'sever panem yavos, and receive every person with a kindly countenance. Perhaps Shammai chose this order because he understood it as a progression. How so? When a person lives by the ideals and values set forth by the Torah, that's the first part, the first clause, then he will learn the importance of accomplishing what he says rather than saying everything he hopes to accomplish. That's because the Torah teaches. The Torah is very very calculated in its words, in the way it teaches us its lessons. And when a person studies that, perhaps it can shed some light and shed some positive influence on the way he deals with things. And he'll come to also say a little bit and actually perform and do a lot. He'll realize the importance of accomplishing is so much more important than actually talking about, oh, I hope to, I wish you actually have to do it. And then only with the Torah 
Can a person feel content inside and do a lot? And only when a person is content internally will he be content outwardly. So that's where the third clause comes in. When a person is feeling that content inside, it will overflow perhaps um, to others as well. Just an idea. Um, but I want to focus on Ephron. Why the letter Vav? Why is that the letter that's lacking from the name Ephron. So yeah, I understand you could say because every other letter is is crucial to the name Ephron. And you're right, that's probably the answer. But an idea, a lesson we can understand perhaps is the following. If there's one part of your body that represents the ability to be firm and stand tall, it would be the backbone, right? It's the spine that represents that. In fact, by modim, we, we, we talk about how our spine, is, it boltos, it, it, it comes out, right? We bend. But when we stand up, we stand erect, tall, that's our spine. It's our backbone. And a backbone represents one's ability to stand up tall and strong. And if you think about it, it's the letter vav, the straight letter, that would perhaps represent and resemble the backbone. And perhaps this is why the letter Vav was missing from Ephron's name. He was a man who didn't keep his word. He said a lot and didn't even do a little. Essentially, he had no backbone. You know, there's an interesting halacha about a backbone. Um, it's If you look in the Kitzar Shulchan Aruch, Simon 46, if 35, he says, Kol darko mutar. Sometimes fruit will have worms when they are still attached to the tree. But if 12 months have passed from the time they were picked, mutar, you're allowed to eat it. And he says a fascinating rule, an idea. Because ki kol any creature that does not have vertebrae, a backbone, Eino miskayemes shnei maser chodesh cannot exist more than 12 months. Ukevar ne'esa ke'afra ba'alma. And have therefore become like mere afra, dust. We see a, a remarkable idea, namely that any creature with no backbone cannot and does not last. It's true by worms, and perhaps from a hashkafic level, it's true by us humans as well. And as we now have learned from Ephron, who's missing, who's chaser vav, he's missing that vav, he's missing a backbone. He says a lot and does not even do a little bit. He had no backbone, no sense of real truth, right? That's the sheker, stands on that, that foot, on that, on that, that line, that, that backbone, and it, it shakes, it, it's t- it, it breaks, it, the spinal cord, it severs, it, it, and there's no balance there's no more structure at that point. That's why Sheker falsehood always falls because there's no backbone. There's nothing for it to hold on to and for it to stay up and strong. The name Ephron is in fact related to the word, right? The first three letters, Afar, dust. And isn't that interesting? Something with no backbone, like the Kitzer said, Kvarnesa Ka'afra Ba'alma becomes like mere dust. And isn't that interesting? Ephron was chaser vav. He's missing... He was lacking this backbone as we're explaining it. And he's like Afar, so true to his name, so true to the way he's lived. His style of living, to say a lot and not do, paved for him a dusty road, a life of loneliness and emptiness. And I listen, if you're sitting on a chair, maybe stand up, otherwise you might fall off the chair. This is actually a mind-boggling 
gematria, the numerical value of that Mishnah in Pirkei Avos, Shamay Omer Asi Taras Lekeva Emor Maat Vasi Harbe, Vavi Mikabalas Kol Adam Besaver Panam Yafos, the gematria is four thousand seven hundred and seventy. And I, again, I kid you not, you could do this. Find a calculator. It is the same gematria as that phraseology in the Kitzur Shulchan Aruch explaining about the backbone, how it doesn't last. If there's if a creature does not have a backbone, it does not last, and it becomes like mere dust. Those words ki kol bria she'ein ba'etzem eno miskayemes shnei maser chaydesh ukavarnes sakafra ba'olma also is bigamatria has the numerical value of four thousand seven hundred and seventy. I, I, I'm saying you can't make this stuff up. This is this is inc- this is incredible. Um, you know, just to, to close, it's interesting in modern Hebrew, the way you say a pencil is an iparon, a pencil. Alien pay reish vav nun. I mean, that's in the absolute state. And if, in fact, you look um, in the construct state, the way to say like pencil of, you know, so and so, the or the pencil of is called Ephron. I mean, you can't get... I Yes, I understand. I get it. It's modern Hebrew. But again, we believe in the world where nothing is a coincidence. Now, could it be a coincidence? Maybe. But is it a coincidence, the fact that Ephron... It, Ephron's name is means a pencil? I mean, the fact that... Think about the difference between a pen and a pencil. A pen is something that when you write it, it lasts. It stays. It's permanent. But a pencil becomes like dust, right? You could erase it easily and then you just blow it off and wipe it off and it's gone forever. And that was Ephron. Ephron was like an Iparon. Ephron was like a pencil. And it was, he said a lot, but he didn't do a lot. In fact, he didn't do anything. Um, And it's, you know, sometimes easy to focus on the negative. Oh yeah, he's not doing anything. But rather than doing that, let's focus on the flip side of how much potential we each have how much uh, responsibility each of us has in our own lives, in our family, with our familial relationships, with our relationships, or our relationship with Hashem, with our Jewish people, with the community, with the world at large, and obviously our relationship with ourselves. Let us not just talk the talk, but let us be like Avram Avinu and walk the walk, live with MS, live with the backbone, and God forbid not live without a backbone, and become like dust. And that's it for us today. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Torah Sparks podcast. If you enjoy, please uh, leave a thumbs up, a rating, a review. could go a long way. If you have any questions, comments, feedback, feel free to email me or restrum at torahsparks.com. And we'll see you next time.